and Stacy, and welcome to the Hockey Minds Podcast. This podcast is powered by My Hockey Resource and Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and/or scouting services. For more information, visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at Instat Hockey. Today, I'm joined by Greg Thompson, manager of hockey operations at the Western Hockey League. Greg is a sound hockey mind who has a lot of experience on the business side as well, diving into multiple sports throughout his young career. With a background in sports management and a driven mindset, he presents a compelling story with a lot of thought and lessons learned throughout. So without further ado, here's Greg Thompson, manager of hockey operations at the Western Hockey League. Today I'm joined by Greg Thompson. Manager of Hockey Operations at the Western Hockey League. Greg, thanks for joining the podcast. Having me today, Ryan. We, we've looked to do this interview multiple times, and it feels like our schedules were uh, just never really mixed that way. But we finally got you on here today, and uh, I'm happy to get in here and talk about your experiences and uh, kind of how your career has gone since going through the Brock program like myself. So let's just start off by talking about you personally, maybe give a little background on who you are about your upbringing and then playing sports throughout your youth. Yeah, absolutely. So I was, I was born and raised in Southern Ontario, uh, grew up in Oakville, uh, played my minor hockey in the Oakville Ranger system. And uh, I was a multi-sport athlete. I think that's what something we emphasize nowadays, especially is the importance of acquiring skills from different realms. And for me, it was hockey all winter. And in the summers I, I played golf, I played soccer, I uh, picked up rugby throughout my high school years and really uh, hockey was always my passion. I was I was always focused on uh, incorporating my life uh, long term somehow in some way. And to me, I was so fascinated just by the the business side and um, a, a certain fire in my belly to pursue that. So uh, so sports really was a, was a great way for me as a kid growing up to develop those uh, those leadership skills, those foundational skills um, that set me up uh, for my career. Yeah, for sure. It's always great to uh, to hear that sports were, uh, you know, a part of your youth growing up and Oakville is definitely a, a very competitive area. So being able to play sports there, I'm sure it was a, you know, it took a lot of work and a lot of effort and, um, you know, sports continue to be a part of your life today. So let's talk about that next step. And uh, I mentioned it here a few minutes ago, the Brock Spima program, the sport management program. Uh, just talk about your time there as a student and what you learned uh, going through that program and interacting with you know, a lot of people who have gone on to work in the industry as well. Yeah, as you've obviously attested to being a Brock, Brock graduate yourself, uh, it was quite a transformational experience for me, I think not only academically, but just opening my eyes up to some of the different opportunities that existed in the sporting world and, and specifically in hockey. Uh, as I alluded to, I think since I was about 11 years old, uh, I took a very calculated and, and methodical approach to how I get into hockey and become a hockey executive. Uh, and I targeted Brock from a young age. I, I saw uh, Kyle Dubas go through the program and, and you look at examples like Andrew Tinnish, uh, formerly with the Blue Jays in a management role. And I, and I saw it as a, a great uh, first stepping stone to get into the industry. And, and for me, not only, you know, from the classes, but I think the, the internship opportunities, I think those were really what set Brock apart in terms of uh, gaining you know, tangible experience in the industry and, and networking with, uh, you know, with, with those who eventually would potentially open up doors for you down the line. Um, I think one of the key things that I, that I took away from Brock is the importance of, while they emphasize networking, it's really networking with your own peers. I think those are the people you rise together with. And 
and it's important to really support them and, and lean on one another because ultimately uh, collectively you'll be in positions of, of authority at some point in the industry and I think you can help each other out uh, in your path so that was a big one for me um, and then I think secondly uh, I was fortunate to, to be involved with the Brock men's hockey program as a student general manager um, so overseeing hockey and business operations uh, for two seasons uh, while a student at Brock and, and for me that was just an incredible opportunity to learn about uh, running an entire operation, overseeing a team of student volunteers and, and developing my leadership skills um, and really getting a, a good variety of, of both the hockey and business side. I think in an environment like U sports, it's very holistic and they kind of work in tandem. And it's, it was a good chance for me to learn about uh, a game day operation, putting together a sponsorship uh, community event, as well as some of the team travel logistics, analytics, tracking and, and, and video analysis and breakdown for, for the coaches. So to me, uh, that was a, an excellent uh, experience on the team side. It was, I learned that really use sports hockey and, and the whole CIS system is one of the most underrated uh, levels of hockey in the country. And, and I took a lot from that. So, so overall the relationships at Brock, uh, the Brock hockey opportunity with the team, and, and then just the diverse and, you know, knowledgeable group of professors that they took the time to, uh, to work with you on achieving your goals and, and reaching it to the next level was, uh, uh, was an incredibly memorable four years, uh, kind of on my path. Yeah. It, it sounds like a great experience overall. And, uh, Brandon Curry, who's also a SPEMA grad, uh, was on here before, and he talked about uh, working with your peers being a big part of the Brock, uh, program, just because like you said, so many people, from that program do go to all different areas and work, end up in management roles. And, uh, you know, if I find that whenever I'm reaching out to different teams and, and programs and uh, organizations, I always run into someone uh, in the, who has gone through the Brock program. So it's great to be connected uh, with your peers in that way. And uh, being the GM there and that opportunity with the team is definitely a, a big task starting off, but it can teach you a lot of skills, you know, the game day, the analytics, uh, community relations, all these different things that go into every role in sports, really, at some point, you're going to overlap in one of these, uh, you know, core areas. So just looking again at that position, I know a lot of people are probably thinking, you know, how do you get into something like that? And what's the initial feeling? So looking back to when you kind of started there, what was the process of getting involved? And then uh, maybe just run us through some of your initial thoughts, uh, and how you kind of overcame, you know, maybe it was some worry or excitement, uh, you know, whatever you were feeling at that time. Absolutely. Yeah. So in my first year at Brock, uh, I, well, I was a student, I had also volunteered in a game day role with the, with the Brock hockey team. So I'd gotten to know the previous GM and he had actually created the role. So he was the first one to approach Murray Nystrom at the time, who was our head coach of the Brock program. But he, so what he had done is he had provided me an opportunity to work in a game day role in a different area of the operation. So one game I would do the tickets at the gate. The next game I would wear the mascot. You, you, you know, you do everything under the sun. And from there I networked in from the team side with the coach as well. And once the opportunity opened up and he graduated, I had put my resume in the hat uh, for an assistant GM role, which eventually over time I became the GM and I, I had the opportunity to take over. And, uh, and it really, it was a lot of it was timing. A lot of it was persistence and reaching out and following up and expressing my interest. And I, I think that's some of the advice I'd give is uh, keep knocking the door and be relentless to get those opportunities. And for me, a lot of it was luck. A lot of it was timing, but I am so fortunate to have that opportunity. And it really as well from a organization standpoint uh, uh, enabled me to 
learn how to manage my time and between my studies and my time at the rink to be able to balance those two responsibilities and perform well in both areas to be successful. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that's underrated. Uh, you know, when you consider working uh, while taking that Brock course or a similar course, uh, you know, in business or for sport management, you know, just learning how to uh, deal with all these different jobs in sports and hockey specifically, which, you know, are pretty demanding at times and, and being able to complete your courses and uh, complete them to the standard that you like. It's, uh, you know, it really does take a, a big learning curve there at the beginning, but you were successful in that role and able to take away a lot. And, uh, you know, it led to future roles down the road. So the next one I want to talk about is your time with the Professional Hockey Players Association in their business department, you know, dealing with marketing and communications. Just talk about the transition to that role and what you learned during your time there. Yeah, of course. So with the PHPA, which I was relatively unfamiliar with the PHPA prior to working with them. So I did, I did my research and the PHPA for those listening is essentially a, it's a, it's the equivalent of the NHLPA for the American Hockey League players and the East Coast League players. So it's a, it's a players union and players association that represents the best interests of, of the, of the athletes and, and some of the off ice matters, uh, whether it be uh, post-retirement planning, uh, whether it be making a move when they have to travel from one city to the next and just assisting them in all aspects of life outside of, outside of at the rink. Uh, so in that role, I, I had, uh, I, I reached out to Daryl Dion who oversaw or oversees the marketing and communications with the PHPA and having, uh, you know, familiarity with it being right down the road from Brock, I thought it'd be a good fit to gain some uh, internship experience over the course of the summer after my first year. So I'd reached out to the PHPA and essentially they were willing to bring me on an internship role uh, for that summer. And uh, it was, it was an excellent opportunity. I was able to really dig into the communications and marketing end of hockey. And uh, some of my key responsibilities, we had, we had a player interview series where uh, we'd interview players before they made the jump to the NHL. So the likes of John Gibson, Connor Carrick and several others and guys that eventually made their way to the, to the highest level. And for me, it was a great chance not only to network, but also to understand that other opportunities uh, exist away from the team and league side. I think in the player association side, there's some real good opportunities to learn about uh, how it operates on that end. And I think it really culminated in being able to attend the 2015 uh, PHPA annual meetings in Orlando, Florida. So that was my second summer in the internship. And uh, planning the logistics and executing the entire event uh, was, was incredible. Being able to meet all the player reps from all, all across the two leagues, uh, interact with uh, Dave Andrews, former uh, president of the American Hockey League, Brian McKenna from the ECHL. Uh, for me, that was a great chance just to understand how the minor league hockey system works and, and how players are developed for the next level and, and, uh, and just some of the opportunities that exist outside of the NHL and, and major junior. Yeah, definitely. There's so many different, uh, you know, opportunities to get involved in hockey and, and be around the players in the game that are, you know, not directly in the NHL. And, uh, you know, I've heard of that organization before and uh, have looked into it as well, something I consider doing uh, during my time at Brock. But, uh, you know, it's a great place to, to learn the ins and outs of how the industry really works. And if you do eventually look to, you know, if you're in that position looking to be a general manager of an NHL team, you know, understanding how the players uh, you know, what goes on in their lives outside the game uh, directly, you know, it's a, it's a great, uh, you know, piece of knowledge to have uh, for, you know, future opportunities. 
So the next role that you would go in is the uh, the MLB, and you're working with the Toronto Blue Jays as a guest experience ambassador. You know, taking some time in baseball. Uh, just talk about that opportunity and maybe some of the differences experienced through baseball, and maybe even some of the the similarities that you were able to take back to the game of hockey. Uh, well, as you know, uh, opportunities that when you're in university, you, you really have to knock on the door and be persistent. And I, I looked for every avenue to get into not only hockey, but into sports. Although hockey is my passion, I, I wanted to, uh, I, I believe in expanding and taking learnings from different disciplinaries back into hockey. So whether it's baseball, whether it's a different industry or business, I think it's important to uh, understand how different uh, uh, operations work. And for me with the, with the Jays, although I'm not a huge uh, baseball fan, admittedly, I, I learned about kind of a different demographic, a different fan base. And this is really a, a key point in my, in my development when I really took an interest in baseball stats and some of their correlations to hockey at this point. Uh, this was back in 2015 with the Blue Jays. And that's when a, a number of NHL teams began uh, building out analytics and hockey research and development departments. And I think with baseball being at the forefront of that almost 15 or 20 years earlier, with hockey following suit, uh, it was a good chance for me to understand some of the application of those statistics and, and sabermetrics as, you know, infamously named uh, and take them back to hockey. So, uh, so this was an enjoyable role. It was, it was a really fun experience. It was more of a game day centered role. Uh, I learned about game presentation on a much larger scale. Obviously in those seasons, the Jays were selling out and uh, you know, they're, they're quite successful teams. Uh, and this role also enabled me just in terms of managing my, my time, I would spend the days in Niagara at the PHPA and, and jump on a go train down to Toronto and, and work evenings for my for the Blue Jays home games. So, uh, so it was a really exciting summer. It was it was a dynamic summer being able to work in both hockey and baseball and understand how uh, this both the similarities and the differences. And it was uh, you know it was a really fun experience and to be able to be a part of a, a large brand like Rogers and like the Toronto Blue Jays um, in one of the big four sports. Uh, working in a major hub like Toronto for me was very memorable and and was a you know critical step on my path. Yeah, it's uh, you know another opportunity, and you kind of just jumped into it. I think anytime you can be involved in the sports scene in the city of Toronto, it's uh, an amazing experience. I know when I started at Brock, the very first weekend I was there, I joined up with the uh, World Cup of Hockey, and just going to Toronto and like you say, jumping on the go train and kind of going into the city and and seeing all the fans be excited for that. You know, it's an experience that you definitely want to take, you know, anytime that opportunity presents itself. But for you working in baseball and hockey at the same time, it definitely gives you the opportunity to compare and contrast the two industries and, and see that while they are different sports and with a different fan base, a lot of the times, uh, many, many uh, similarities in the way that, you know, game presentation and, and just engaging fans and multiple things that you could use uh, down the road. Moving into the next uh, position and the next step in your career is your internship at the NHL level, dealing with marketing and partnerships. Uh, you know, anytime the NHL is on your resume, people are intrigued. So maybe just talk about that role and, and kind of how you made that jump into an NHL internship. And uh, maybe just talk about the league and the magnitude of, uh, you know, some of the things that you've seen uh, during your time there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for, for me, w even when I look back, the NHL was a dream come true. It, it was incredible to be able to work directly at Scotiabank Arena, to be able to work with uh, a world-class team of, of marketers and, and hockey people at the NHL. And uh, I'm so fortunate to have that, uh, that experience. Uh, for me, it was a culmination of not only my academics at Brock, I think it was the initiative I had 
you know, I'd showed with the PHPA, the Blue Jays, Brock Hockey. I think those all culminated in, uh, fortunately, at least getting my resume in front of the right people with the NHL. And then from there, I, I did a lot of preparation, understanding who the league's partners were, and both in Canada and, and south of the border, uh, especially given that this was a marketing role. Um, understanding what the NHL's key events were, uh, the you know, Kraft Hockeyville, World Cup of Hockey, NHL All-Star Game, and, and really prepared because I, I knew I had to nail this interview to be able to uh, be afforded an opportunity like this. Um, once, I, once I began there, it was, we start, it started off in January. So my first day was actually the day after the um, NHL Winter Classic in Boston. So I remember I was on vacation, kind of on vacation from school over the break, preparing for my first day. And they said, Hey, make sure to watch the winter classic on TV and take notes of what you thought. And to me, that was just such a, an, you know, an interesting uh, initial project. And it only got more exciting from there. And um, I think the one key thing that I, I tried to take advantage of at the NHL league office in Toronto um, every week, I'd make a point kind of after my first couple of weeks of adjusting, once I got comfortable there, I made a point of reaching out to a different department and meeting for coffee or for lunch with a different um, colleague um, outside of marketing each week, just to expand my understanding of the whole operation and the functions of the business. Uh, so I, I was incredibly fortunate to be able to connect with D Dan Marr and Luke McGooey from NHL Central Scouting, um, Andrew Wilson with NHL Central Registry, uh, Dave Keon Jr., Benny Urkelani. There was a, it was just a whole list of incredible people and professionals there that uh, were willing to share their time and insights. Uh, even for someone who was young and, and relatively inexperienced in the industry. So, um, so in that role, my primary focus uh, was on marketing partnerships. So supporting kind of the NHL's key accounts, whether it be Rogers, Scotiabank, uh, Molson Coors on activating their assets at all the different NHL events. So that, that, as I alluded to before, that's the NHL winter classic, that's the NHL all-star game, craft um, Hockeyville and the world cup of hockey, which fortunately given my timing of, of working with the NHL, we were working right up to the world cup of hockey. So I was able to see the planning and the, and the execution of that event. And, uh, and that only comes around, you know, a few times in a lifetime. So I, you know, I look back on that experience and it set me up very well for really understanding how the inner workings of hockey operate and just the, the amount of talent that's not only in the NHL, but at the NHL league office on the business side. Yeah, if you want to learn, you know, how to do it at the highest level, you go to the highest level and you learn from the best there in the, you know, the, the league front office. And it's interesting to hear that we had that overlap there with the World Cup of Hockey. And I think that just goes to show that, uh, you know, you never know where you're going to run into people in the industry. But uh, it sounds like it was a, a very positive overall experience at the NHL level and uh, going out of your way to make those connections. You know, it, it shows initiative on your end as well, but also a willingness to learn and uh, I think that's been a thing that we're seeing in, in multiple areas of, of your career thus far that we've talked about. So moving into the WHL now, you're positioned as a manager of hockey operations with the Western Hockey League, but you started as an intern and kind of had a little bit of a, a climb here the last couple of years. Maybe just talk about the start, how you got into the WHL and uh, walk us through, um, you know, the last couple of positions and then moving into where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So a bit of a roadmap just to provide some context. So as you alluded to, I, I began in an inter internship role during the 2016-17 season. So just coming off the NHL internship, I had moved into the internship with, uh, with the WHL office. 
And I was afforded that opportunity through the Bill Hay Future Leaders Program. Uh, so that program is run in partnership with Hockey Canada. And for those listening and, and those students out there and, and aspiring hockey professionals, I would definitely encourage you to check out that program. Um, so what it consists of is it's, a, it's an eight to nine month internship with one of the three league offices in the CHL. So for mine, it was with the WHL office. And you learn about the inner workings of hockey ops. Uh, we're working on uh, all the different recruitment events, um, reaching out to different mid midget and bantam programs uh, to coordinate roster information, scheduling. Uh, I put together articles, feature articles on different players, uh, cut video, hockey uh, research projects. So it was very all-encompassing and, and learned generally the operation of the business. Um, and fortunately, this in this role, I, I you know I worked under Kurt Hill, who was the uh, director of hockey ops with the Western Hockey League, and and he brought me on in this role, and he was a great mentor and leader that. Uh, and having been an alumni of the Western League, he had really helped me establish a lot of connections in the league and and different relationships that set me up for the for the following you know the preceding years after that, uh, leading into today. Um, and, and then that internship fortunately evolved into a coordinator. So I was brought on full time with the Western Hockey League, uh, working under our VP of Hockey, uh, Richard Dirksen, and he's been another incredible mentor for me. And, uh, and really in my role now as manager of hockey operations, uh, it really consists of all our day-to-day -day operations, working with our 22 member clubs on inquiries regarding league rules, roster information, uh, regulations, and compliance. Uh, I'm regularly on the phone with our GMs and head scouts uh, to handle our central registry. So that's all the player additions, deletions, and transfers, uh, player eligibility, our weekly transactions, and injury reports. Um, and then in terms of all the league hockey driven programming, whether it be our WHL goaltending development plan, our player safety department, anti-doping policies, and our WHL bantam and, and import drafts. It's uh, it's a, it's a quite uh, great amount of variety in the role. And, and really, as you know, in hockey, Ryan, every day is, is quite different than, and that's what the exciting part about it is. It's the ability to, to work in a smaller office with uh, you know, with quite a large uh, variety of tasks. So um so yeah, with, with this role, it's, uh, it's been a tremendous experience to date. Uh, it's been a great growth opportunity for me throughout uh, the league office. And, and I'm just fortunate to be able to work with both great people internally, as well as, uh, you know, our 22 teams and, and all their hockey op staffs. Yeah. The WHL is a, another high caliber, you know, league that many people recognize for its, uh, you know, high level of draft prospects and things like that for the NHL. But it's ironic again, Kurt Hill, a future guest that we're going to bring on the podcast here shortly, uh, another overlap here with Greg. But uh, when you have those people uh, in management positions, they're able to teach you things when you come in as an internship. It's uh, it's only likely that you'll be able to transition into another role. And, and you have as now the manager of hockey operations, uh, you know, a lot of people don't get to see the ins and outs of a, a league office. And you've been fortunate here to kind of see a few as well as the, the PHPA and, and how they work on a daily basis. So maybe, uh, maybe not looking at a current day just because of COVID regulations and things like that, but um, maybe just walk us through uh, a daily routine uh, when you're in your league office and uh, the season's in full swing. Sure, Ryan. And I'll preface, we are working from home currently with the Alberta regulations as well as obviously the, the COVID protocols, but uh, uh, whether it be in the office or in a remote environment, or, or as you know, there's quite a bit of travel involved with attending some of our events. So working on the road, uh, every day is different, but in season, uh, a typical day working on handling our central registry and transactions. So 
Uh, that's adjustments to all our clubs, 50 man player protected lists, dealing with clubs and any player eligibility questions or player information requests. It's circulating our transactions and our injury reports on a weekly basis, um, cutting video and, and circulating uh, player safety updates to our media fans and our clubs uh, when, we, uh, when we have to levy suspensions. Uh, roster updates when a player is recalled or reassigned, we work on that uh, and push those updates out to, uh, to fans and media. Um, it, you know, it's overseeing all of our hockey research and, and analysis. So we work on league trends, uh, forecasting, you know, player development opportunities and, and where our player dispersion is at different events, uh, both at the hockey Canada level and, and throughout our Western branches. Um, and then uh, throughout the season, uh, mo you know, most weekends I'm attending a different uh, U15 Bantam and, and U18 midget recruitment events. So at those events, it consists of meeting with our scouts and supporting them on recruiting uh, the next wave of players. It's meeting with parents and talking about uh, the different scholarship opportunities and player development development opportunities that that exist in the Western Hockey League, and and we really take pride in you know in that messaging. So. Um, so that's a typical in-season day-to-day or day-in-the-life uh, per se. And then in the off-season, we're heavy in, in planning, strategy, um, scheduling for the upcoming season, building out the schedule, uh, and, and coordinating all of our events. And then as you know, Ryan, uh, in your work with Sarnia and, and in the OHL, we work on our, our various drafts in the summer. So we have our our WHL U15 Bantam draft. We have our U.S. Prospects draft, which was new last season uh, for the top uh, 44 U.S. players, as well as our import draft. So that's really handling all the, the planning with our clubs of, uh, of what's required to go into staging those events, player eligibility again, and, uh, and working with the, the, the various parties, whether it be the, the coaches of those teams, uh, the players and their families, or the CHL office on the import draft uh, in order to success successfully stage those events. So that's, that's a typical look at, uh, at how my offseason would look. Yeah, a lot of different tasks uh, being in the league office, and uh, I'm sure no day is the same. But, um, you know, when you're able to deal with uh, all those tasks, you can definitely uh, build relationships with the players over time. And uh, another thing you talked about there was uh, recruiting and, and talking with the U15 AAA players and, and that side of things. So, you know, you're able to see a lot of Western Canada, Western U.S., uh, you know, just the hockey scene and, and the level of competition in, in those areas. For some people who maybe haven't been able to get to that area and see hockey, just talk about the magnitude of junior hockey and minor hockey in Western Canada and Western U.S. and uh, maybe just speak to the, the level of of the game that you're seeing out there. And as you know, we have, we cover quite a large territory geographically through the Pacific Northwest, Canada, as well as the, our U S market. So uh, given our 17 teams across, uh, across Western Canada, and then five in the U S our recruiting also covers a larger map. So we're, we're looking at four provinces and then we're looking at kind of the Mississippi river and, and West uh, in terms of U.S. states. So that, that affords us, you know, the opportunity to be able to see a lot of uh, interesting places and, and lots of different rinks, whether it be in uh, small town Saskatchewan or Dallas and, and California for our U.S.-based events as well as Seattle. Um, but yeah, we, we take pride really in being the world's finest development league at the major junior level um, uh, throughout our territory. Uh, I think you, obviously, as you see during the most recent World Juniors, quite a large WHL contingent of players uh, but I think for me, it's, it's a great opportunity to be able to understand that we do have quite a large uh, demographic of players that we're pulling from. And I think the 
you know, the goal is to reach as many as we can and educate them on the Western League and, and what we have to offer um, as, as, a, as an option for their further hockey development. So, um, yeah, so I, I, you know, I feel fortunate to be able to see these places and, and, and interact with the coaches, the players, the parents uh, at the rink, at the rinks. And, uh, um, you know, just excited to educate them on, on you know, the Western Hockey League and, and it being a potential option for their son. Yeah, and, and that's all they want. They want to hear that, you know, the option is there and, and that it's being taken care of and things are looking to for development and, and multiple things that you've touched on there. Another thing I want to talk about, maybe going back into the league office setting, you know, you've been able to work uh, with teams in the past as well as uh, overseeing and working with multiple teams at the one time. Uh, maybe just talk about some of the major differences in your approach, uh, maybe to put in better terms, like in terms of long-term success, like obviously with the team, you just want to win, but in a league office, how do you view success long-term and, and like, how does your approach alter uh, due to that outlook? Sure. No, no it's a good question. And it, it is an interesting dynamic working in the league side versus on the team side. Um, I, I think the benefit from a, from a league perspective is you're able to really understand and absorb how 22 teams run their operation uh, uh, from the league level. So you kind of see it behind the curtain of, uh, of the workflow that goes on and, and the different responsibilities. And I think develop your own philosophy based on how you see uh, the, our 22 member clubs uh, operate. So for me, I'm fortunate to be able to understand that. Um, I'd be lying if I said, I don't want to win a championship one day. I, I, I do aspire to, um, to work on the team side and that's what I'm working towards at this point. And I think uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, a balance of being patient and persistent and understanding that there, there's still a ton to learn at the league level. Um, obviously we're not building out a roster, uh, but we support our clubs and their effort to recruit and develop players onto the next level, whether it be as a player professionally or in the academic sense. So I think we still celebrate a lot of those wins that our teams experience from a player development standpoint. Um, and, uh, there's still lots of exciting elements, um, and, and I guess different ways of reframing a win and a loss from the league office perspective. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's a great way to put it. And, you talk about hoping to get into hockey operations with a team and just being patient and persistent. I think that's something you learn uh, over time and that can be applied to things like uh, going after a sponsorship or dealing with partners, you know, that time that comes up a lot of times uh, in that role. So looking at the transition to hockey operations for you personally, how important do you feel it is to have a background uh, in business operations or marketing, things like that before moving into hockey operations or, do you think it's something that um, doesn't always have to be a factor? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't think it's necessarily uh, required to work on the business side prior to transitioning to hockey operations. Um, I think based on my experience, having the full holistic approach and understanding both sides of, of the game uh, is beneficial. And I would recommend it for those that uh, are pursuing that, that avenue. Um, I think for, for those that, uh, played the game at a high level or coached the game at a high level, uh, there's sometimes, I guess, historically, maybe a more seamless transition into the hockey operations end of it. But for me, I was always determined to get into hockey ops. Uh, and you have to continue to knock, to knock on the door, um, whether it be the business side or, or elsewhere. And sometimes that's the best way to make your transition and develop your reputation within the walls of the league office or the team setting. Uh, so for me, it, it was it was the best, uh, the best path. Um, I think everybody has a different path. And and uh, I, I would recommend if you if you can get your feet wet on the on the business side, whether it be marketing, whether it be game day, PR, uh, sponsorship, and sales, those are all excellent training grounds that I think have a lot of transferable skills. 
Uh, but, uh, but for me, it was ultimately, uh, the, the goal was to, uh, to get into hockey ops, uh, eventually. And, uh, you know, the path ultimately worked out in my favor, uh, fortunately. Yeah. And we could see that from, uh, where you stand today and, you know, over your career, whether you've gone into hockey operations or business or somewhere in between, uh, in school, you know, at the end of the day, you were looking to learn something new and there's always an opportunity to learn wherever you go. And, the people at my hockey resource think the same way they're a community on discord and uh, they have people in different hockey operations roles, scouting, coaching uh, analysts, you know, the list goes on and on and they communicate and talk about different things in the industry. So for those listening, be sure to check out my hockey resource uh, on Twitter and Instagram for more information on how to get involved. Greg, for you personally, you know, as you look to learn um, through people, you can also, learn through different resources for you. What are some of your favorites, whether it's books, articles, podcasts, et cetera? Well, first off, I love this question. I think it's so important. And I think I've seen it in you in our conversations to have a growth mindset. Uh, I think any tool you can use to further educate yourself beyond, it doesn't just stop uh, at the rink and it doesn't just stop in the classroom uh, for those students listening out there. I think it's it's the initiative you take to absorb knowledge, whether it be through attending, uh, you know, seminars through Zoom, uh, uh, you know, conferences like Primetime uh, and different sporting networking events, or reading books and articles and consuming podcasts. Uh, for me, a couple that stand out, uh, I always look back to Atomic Habits by James Clear. That book for me was, uh, was just a critical learning experience and a very tangible and practical uh, feedback that I took from it. So that book essentially revolves around how to stack habits and how to ingrain daily habits into your lifestyle to, um, to work towards a greater goal. And I think that's how you should look at your career. I think, it, you know, you might have this big goal in mind and you want to work in a, in a senior management role with an NHL team, but how are you going to change the small daily habits that are ultimately going to get you there? You know, it's the people that you surround yourself with. It's the conversations you have. So Thomas for me is the top one. Um, and then the second book I'd recommend, and it's also outside of the hockey realm, uh, is called Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. And that book, it's, uh, it's more of a philosophy kind of historical book, but it gives a lot of perspective on, on just your life and the meaning behind life and um, the way you spend your time. And, uh, and it's, uh, I, I'd highly recommend it. I think there's lots of great hockey books, but I think it's important to look at interdisciplinary topics outside of hockey to uh to enhance your knowledge and give you a bit of perspective uh, to take back to you into the hockey space yeah great point there uh, a lot of people when i ask that question I, t I tend to ask it to pretty much everybody uh, that have come on the podcast a lot of times obviously hockey is a, a main focus you know belfry's books and uh stat shot and and different things like, like that but as we see over time you know things like leadership and and just you know human interaction and all these different uh, books on, on different areas can also uh, be applied to whatever you do in the game and, and in life in general. So I agree. I love that question. Um, actually, Trevor Scott, I should give a shout out to him for for bringing the question to me after the first few interviews. He was very interested in that and it's been a staple ever since. So really interested to hear your, uh, your perspective and, and what you like to read in your free time. Over your story here, we've heard a lot of different mentors and, and people that you've come into contact with who have you know, giving you some advice as you progress in your career. For you personally, who are some of those key mentors? And maybe just talk about one or two 
uh, major lessons that they gave you, uh, you know, throughout those interactions? Before we dig into that, I just have a quick addition to the book question because I, I, I kind of thought about it while you were speaking there. So the two hockey books for any student out there or aspiring hockey professional that I that resonated with me, uh, just my you know opinion on it is I think to, as to your point, Stat Shot by Rob Volman and then The Art of Scouting by Shane Malloy. I think those two are great uh, introductory books to both the analytics, uh, hockey research, as well as the scouting realm, which are two you know great areas to break into the game. I think for a young professional, so. Uh, so I'll just add that to my last point as two additional books. But uh, but in terms of some mentors, I think I alluded before within the Western Hockey League, uh, Richard Dirksen and Kurt Hill have been uh, instrumental in my development uh, as a person, as a hockey professional. Um, they've taught me the importance of integrity, of, of being a good person and of, uh, of, you know, developing relationships in the game. I think we have a unique perspective at the league office working with uh, every team in a different capacity. And I think whether the person is in their first year at the club as a video coach or whether they've been there as a GM for the last 20 years and owner of the team, it's important to treat everybody with the same level of respect and professionalism. And, uh, and I think that's going to take you a long way. Um, and then my, the second mentorship example, and, and I think one that I remember fondly is when I look back uh, when I was a kid, you know, in grade nine, uh, growing up in Southern Ontario, uh, we had a take your kid to work day experience and I was, I was fortunate. So what this experience was, is it was a, essentially you would attend an office for a day and, and learn about a particular industry or career path. And I was incredibly fortunate to, to spend the day with Steve Dryden, uh, who was the managing editor of TSN hockey. Uh, so I spent a Wednesday night hockey game night uh, at the studios in agent court. Uh, and I was able to see the full production of a uh, NHL and TS and uh, game night. And Steve was fortunate to include me in the, so for those who don't know, Steve is the quiz master on TSN and Steve was fortunate to uh, bring me into uh, the conference room uh, pre-show and around the room was Bob McKenzie, James Duthie, Aaron Dreger, John Tortorella and Keith Jones at that time on the panel. And I remember sitting there, my heart was beating so fast and racing. It was, my, my palms were sweaty and I was nervous, but I knew at the same time I was exactly where I wanted to be and the excitement of, of the hockey industry. And, and, and these were the people I grew up uh, watching on TV and loving the game because of and the idols I had. So, uh, so that was an initial mentor with Steve. I think he, he taught me the importance of industriousness and the, import, the importance of uh, having a genuine sense of curiosity uh, to learn. And, uh, and, and that meant asking the right questions. That meant surrounding yourself with, with people who you respect and not being afraid to reach out to people in the industry uh, to learn from. So, uh, so I think those are the three people that stand out most uh, from a mentorship and, and help me you know, get to where I am today. Yeah, definitely play a, a big part in, in your own development. And I'm sure others uh, who have interacted with those people will say the same. And uh, the big thing that they gave you was advice and, and guidance uh, as you move through your career. So returning the favor, if you could go back in time, maybe speaking to yourself before before you went to Brock or someone in a similar situation, what's one piece of advice that you would give them in hopes that they would uh, be successful in hockey operations and the game overall? Sure. And, and I'll preface, Ron, I, I have a lot to learn. I, I'm still very young in my career as well. And I, I think I've been fortunate to have some great learnings. And I think what I would... Uh, in turn, give back to those uh, 
early on in their careers or aspiring to break into hockey one day. Um, I think the number one thing is to show initiative. And I think they talk about the importance of passion working in sports. And I think if you can turn passion into curiosity and translate that into asking the right questions and uh, attending the right events, joining Twitter threads, even about sports business, and even creating your own content around your passion, similar to what you've done with this podcast, I think those are all ways to proactively network. I think proactive networking and initiative are, are two key areas that I think will set you apart from your peers and from the competition that, that does exist out there. Uh, I think alluding back to my initial point, I think supporting and really leaning on your peers as you grow together, uh, ultimately, uh, you know, you're going to be the next generation in the sports industry. And I th think it's important to keep those relationships fluid, even after you leave the classroom and you, you go your own, you know, your own separate way. Um, and then the other element is, I think, it's important to look for ways to seek value. So whether you're an intern in, in an organization or you've been there for you know a couple of years looking to move up, uh, have a mindful approach to looking for areas of growth or maybe missing elements in the organization, whether you can you know learn Photoshop or learn a skill like video clipping uh, to help a coaching staff. I think those are all ways and tangible ways to provide your value and, uh, and ultimately take uh, the initiative without being told to do something, uh, maybe go ahead and do it and ask for forgiveness later. I think that's a, that's an approach you can take. And then, and then lastly, I think, uh, I think if people say no, find another path to get there, find your own way. I think there's many different paths to breaking into hockey. Um, I think as you probably can see through your guests on your podcast, um, to date, so, so uh, find your own path, be persistent, be relentless, and understand that uh, uh, you're going to end up where you need to be if you put the work in. Yeah, that's a tremendous piece of advice to give there. And, uh, you know, doing this a number of times now, there is so many different paths. And uh, I don't think there is one type of path that works better than the other. But it's, uh, it's clear that the guests and the people that go through that career path uh, all have the passion for the game and are doing it for the right reasons. And at the end of the day, that's why they become successful. So Greg, I just want to thank you once again for taking some time to join me on the podcast and uh, hopefully things return to normal here soon and the WHL can, uh, you know, continue to play. And uh, I wish you all the best moving forward. Thanks, Ryan. It was great to be with you. Wish you all the best. Uh, stay healthy and we'll look, we'll look forward to crossing paths in, in the future. Yeah, for sure. Take care. I'd like to thank Greg for joining me on the podcast and doing a deep dive on his career in and around the game of hockey. Hungry to reach that next level, Greg has done his due diligence to date, and I'm excited to see where his next steps will take him. If you would like to get in touch with Greg to learn about his experiences, I encourage you to reach out to him directly or contact Podcast at Outlook.com and I can help make that connection for you. Next on the podcast, Zurich Lions head coach Ricard Gromberg will join me in a conversation that looks into his lengthy career as a coach with Team Sweden, leading the topics of conversation. So keep an eye out for that release. Once again, thank you everyone for listening, and thank you for your support of the podcast. We hope to keep improving as we go, while we continue to share the stories of those throughout hockey operations. As always, stay safe, and all the best.